1: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. I'm not sure there are many clowns or jokers around. It's (laughs) just tears and tragedy uh in reaction to the Hamas invasion of Gaza. Um, this is the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro. Hello, Doug. And uh, we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. In a sense, we all look at the events of Gaza in horror, but it is time for the real Hamas to come out and show itself, and that's what's happening now. No longer can this be dressed up as a territorial dispute, or as some people seeking justice, or as uh, opposing apartheid, or whatever else they say, freedom fighters. The fact is that this is the extent an extension of the Holocaust. Uh, this is the extension of the effort to wipe out the Jewish people, and the um, power that Hamas is bringing to this, the energy and the effort, the culmination of years of preparation of digging tunnels of stockpiling weapons, of training guerrillas, now finally brought out in the open to open warfare. You know, in guerrilla warfare, Mao, who wrote the, really authored the whole idea of textbook on it, said that there's a crucial stage at which you abandon the guerrilla warfare and you come out for direct combat with the enemy. And you have to postpone that stage until you're ready. But when you are, you have to go through it in order to win the victory. You can't just win through a cold, through a, a guerrilla warfare. Basically, boots on the ground. Is that what yeah, you're saying? and this is the moment where Hamas has realized that and has decided to make an all-all or nothing attempt to take this over, take over Palestine or Israel. And the answer really is what Netanyahu has said, which is, "Okay, we accept your challenge." And we will now go in a war of extermination against you. No, neither of us is going to leave this battlefield alive. And uh, we are going to go all out to destroy Hamas to, and when they attack in the north to destroy Hezbollah. And we will not stop until they're all gone. Good. We simply will not accept ceasefires or truces or compromises. Uh, those are just way stations en route to the ultimate exa- ultimate action, which is extermination either of Israel or of Hamas. And obviously Israel is going to win that fight. Their only hope of victory that Hamas has is that they can hold out long enough to let the crocodile tears of the rest of the world uh, talk the U.S. into talking Israel to halting the ground defensive. Now, the, therefore, the battle for Gaza is really being waged uh, in Joe Biden's White House. Hmm. When the attack first took place, the, Biden's immediate reaction was to call for restraint on both sides, which is the code word for let the Arabs attack. Right. Let Hamas do whatever he wants. Weakness. Don't retaliate Israel. Be proportionate in your response, right? Okay, proportionate. Yeah, they kill one hundred and fifty children. We got to tell one forty a few more children. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. One fifty one.
2: But the idea of reciprocity or, or in any way attenuating or limiting the Israeli response, is is completely counter to what we need to do at this point. We need to tell the Israelis, "Go get them, use every resource you have, wipe them all out." Right. Stand behind them. They've made a fundamental error by standing up and to be counted, by discarding their guises, crawling out of their tunnels, crawling out of their holes, and uh, standing out in the open. And now, mow them down. Get rid of them. Good. Now, it's going to be very hard to do that because they have spent decades digging in. And uh, by digging in, I mean very deep and very complex trenches like the Viet Cong did in Vietnam, mm. only times five. Literally, huh? And uh we, but we have got to persevere with Israel, to go to each rat hole and get each rat out in the open and kill it. Uh, and that's a very difficult undertaking, particularly with two and a half million, uh, two and a half million people living there, including a million and a half Jews. And Israel has got to be, aggressive and strong, and continually keeping that pressure on. Uh, Because if it backs off or if it listens to the global community talk about minimizing casualties and stopping civilian deaths, uh, that's equivalent to surrender. Mm. And just postpones the day of ultimate reckoning, which, of course, is coming. What are we talking about here, Dick? So... I think that the, that ultimately we have to realize that this, this cannot be stopped. Uh, when the global community calls for a ceasefire or calls for Israel to be humane or be humanitarian or not too aggressive in its responses, you're calling on them to surrender. And we cannot permit that to happen. And the surrender rhetoric is always based on warm, fuzzy generalities like, humanitarianism and uh, not exploiting people who can't defend themselves and so on. Basically the left. The left wants just, you know, oh, we
3: can't do this, we can't do that, take care, be soft. You can't be soft half the time when these people start to, when they're going out. First of all, this is so evil that they kill children and people at a, what, the concert? That was a concert, right? Yep. That's horrible. That could just mow down people and, and people in, in New York City with the rioting and whatever, the protest. And they're saying, Oh, no, you shouldn't. What are you talking about? We should go, Netanyahu, they should just go at these people and destroy them. That's the only way to do it. Otherwise you just look weak and they're going to go after you
2: again. And Israel is held hostage by the United States. We are holding Israel hostage because Israel knows that every Patriot missile it fires to knock down an Arab missile has to be replaced with a new missile. And ultimately, they need to turn to the United States, at least for ammunition, and also really for technology and equipment. And if Biden continues to call, Biden goes to his initial thing, he backed off its sense of calling for restraint on both sides. That's code word for disarm Israel. And... Once the Arabs made this attack on Israel, once Hamas stood up and said, "Okay, this is it. Israel has got to go through and carry this through to its ultimate extent, to its ultimate logical logical conclusion." But you
3: fight to win, basically. You yeah.
2: fight to win, and you don't let anybody talk to you about proportionality, humanitarian concerns. Uh, I don't think he's going to all, all that stuff. Do you think he's going to
3: accept that anyway? But he's going to.
2: Well, I don't think he will. But I think Biden will increasingly call for that because you have to understand one fundamental thing, and we'll talk about it in the next segment. Joe Biden is an ally of Iran, not an adversary, not a negotiator, an ally of Iran. And we'll get to that after the break.
0: This, is not- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. This is the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Let's understand where Biden is coming from on Iran. When Obama was president, his policies to the rest of the world were dictated essentially by the ideas that are encapsulated and explained in the book by Dinesh D'Souza entitled The Roots of Obama's Rage. And that is the most important book written about the new left uh, since Obama was elected. And he takes Obama's background in Kenya, where Britain was a colonial power and exploiting and horribly uh, suppressing the black population of Kenya. And at that point, Obama decided with his father that his mission in life would be to fight colonialism. Now, we Americans say colonialism. We never had any colonies. We had... The Philippines, and we gave them their independence right after World War Two, and would have done it before, except the Japanese invaded. And uh, what are we talking about? Colonialism—that's for Britain and France. But in fact, the left sees the West's power and influence over areas like Iran as colonialism. In 1945, Iran was occupied by uh, Britain and Russia, and uh, they had forced the Germans out. And from the north and from the south, they occupied Iran. When the war ended, everybody held their breath and said, would the Russians hang on to Iran? And the British and Americans pushed hard, uh, threatened really to continue the war, and demanded that they pull out of Iran. And the reason they demanded so hard was the oil reserves that are found there. Russia backed out, and Britain was left running Iran with American help. Then in 1946 and 47, we had three elections in Iran, and they were won by a left-wing group that we suspected of being communist. They probably weren't, but we thought they were. And the CIA went crazy to try to force the communists out of power in Iran and led, oddly enough, by Theodore Roosevelt, Jr., the son of the president. It might have been um, his brother, uh I forget the name. Anyway, Theodore Roosevelt's son led the effort for the CIA and defeated the Russians in Iran and got rid of the puppet government they had tried to install. I believe the prime minister's name was Mogadushio. Mm. And uh, the, so the United States basically took over Iran and designated the Shah, who at that point who was in the royal family but did not rule Iran, to be the new monarch of Iran. And with American colonial power, we propped him up. We gave him weapons. He launched a reign of terror against his own people, and uh, ran a totally despotic, dictatorial government.
3: What year was this? Nineteen forty-seven.
2: Uh-huh, sure, and it continued until nineteen sixty-something, when the Ayatollah uh, in sixty-eight, where the Ayatollah overthrew the Shah and basically Carter backed off his support of the, sh- the Shah, and when the United States gave up, uh the, sh- the Ayatollah moved in. That's how Obama sees Iran, not as this horrible threat to the United States, not as this ri- rising communist power. He sees it as an anti-colonial state <laughs> that is justifiably trying to rid itself of a colonial regime led by the Shah. And that's... That's the historical mindset of the Obama left when it comes to Iran. So they don't see it in terms of Israel or in terms of its current problem. They see it in terms of, of the past history and they're enthralled by that history. Now, then Obama decided that what he would do is he would get a test, get a deal with Iran where they would not pursue nuclear weapons and in return the US would shower them with aid and with all kinds of money, and let them export as much as they wanted of oil. And for a while, that agreement was in force. And then when Trump came into office, uh, he dumped the deal, and he said, we're not going to continue to help Iran. And with that agreement gone, Iran started to, produ- started to sell oil all over the place. And what Trump had stopped them from doing, they then proceeded to do, and Biden let them get away with When Trump was elected president, the total foreign currency reserves of the entire country of Iran was $6 billion. That's about the same size as Haiti. Uh, Now they're $70 billion. That's the recovery under Biden. Forget that $6 billion we paid to free the hostages. That's not just peanuts. It's a distraction. It's a magician's trick. Look over here at the at the bunny. Don't look here on the hat. Look at my left hand, not my right. Exactly. Uh And they're saying, look at the six billion and let's talk about that, but not at the 70 billion that Iran has gotten because Trump is out of office. Well, because Biden is in office. That's really. And each day under Trump, Iran pumped less than 400,000 barrels a day. Now they're pumping 3.1 million barrels a day. And their oil revenues have gone from eight billion a year to 70 billion. A year. Amazing. So, and that's how Iran launched this offense using, uh, hez- using Hamas and soon Hezbollah as their fronts in this conflict. But make no mistake about it, it is Joe Biden who is funding Hamas. Every time you see a decapitated five-year-old oh, baby, God. think of Joe Biden letting that happen. <sighs> because it's the money that he's freeing that is allowing this to take place. And we have got to reinstate the sanctions that Donald Trump put on Iran. That should be our rallying cry. Amazing. So let's keep our eye on the ball here. Uh The issue is not what does Israel do to Hamas or even what did Hamas do to Israel. The issue is what is Biden doing to enable Iran to make this fight? He's basically funding them. He is. He's precisely funding them. Directly and inadvertently, he's yeah, funding them. By permitting them to export oil. Uh, as I said, they went from 400,000 barrels a day to 3.1 million barrels a day, and that's the magnitude of what Obama, what Biden is doing to help Iran.
3: You know what? I can't understand the left. You know they want to back up uh, Biden and this Hamas and all. This. Just look at the evil—the evil of them shooting innocent people at a concert, and taking someone's head off, or killing a baby. It's just the we were in Argentina, and that gentleman was telling us. Maybe it was you too. Throwing people out of a plane. How, here, now I gotta ask you this question. You have evil. Uh uh, 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 president or whatever that's evil. And the soldiers go, okay, I'm gonna throw people out of the plane, no problem. Yeah, yeah, How could do. people follow that,
2: that? Well, they do. You know, the Russian army motto, you, you keep the troops behind the front line. And oh. if they turn around, you shoot them in the stomach. Oh. And if they don't, you let the other side shoot them in and the stomach. And that's chest.
3: pretty much it, right? Yeah. They, you know?
2: Right. Wow. Um, but I'm, I just get enraged when I see how the American media permits us to be distracted from the real issue. The important issue here is to lift the arms, is to reimpose the sanctions that Donald Trump imposed on Iran. Right. They worked fantastically. There's no other area of American foreign policy that worked as well or as effortlessly as our sanctions of Iran did. Uh, there were predictions that if we sanction Iranian oil, the price of oil will soar. And the price of oil didn't budge.
3: As a matter of fact, it and went
2: down, didn't it? It went down, so. Yeah. And uh, people said that we'd, be, we'd run out of oil, and we didn't. And people said that this would destroy our economy. It didn't. And he imposed those sanctions to global outrage. Everybody was opposed to it, the whole UN. They all passed resolutions, and yet those sanctions – What stopped Hamas and Iran from doing before what they're doing right now. Didn't, didn't he, didn't we get oil for free that they
3: had ships, barges in the Persian Gulf or whatever and they couldn't get rid of it? They get, and then they actually gave us, Trump got them to give us money to take oil in. I think that was Iraq, but I'm not sure. It was Iraq, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. We were getting oil for nothing.
2: Let's go to, uh, let's go to Norman from Brooklyn. Hi, Dick. Hi, Mommy.
3: First, first of
4: all, you're among my uh, three favorite WABC Dick, on-air personalities. Don't
2: name the other two. We'll, other two. we'll <laughs> get into a fight. Who's the other two?
5: Don't name the other two. We'll
2: get into a fight. Go ahead. <laughs>
5: okay.
4: What can we do to encourage our feckless administration yeah. to support Israel in its battle against the Hamas terrorists?
2: Vote for Trump. <laughs> right. Literally. No, you're right the um, the willingness of the administration to flirt with Iran and do every, everything they can to make sure Iran has funding to do this terrorism is entirely due is entirely due one hundred percent due to white Jewish democratic support for the for the Palestinians when you look How at the demonstrations possibly? going on in Times Square or on the Columbia or the Harvard campus. And you see these young people who are Jews, who would be eradicated in any future Holocaust, turning coat and deciding that they will side with the Palestinians. You're talking about just an act of self-destruction, and its political consequence is the Biden administration. Let's go to Stu in Brooklyn. Hi, Stu. Yeah, good afternoon, Dick.
5: Dick, uh, I'm wondering if some of those kids carrying signs are the grandchildren of some of the sailors and Marines who were uh, involved in uh, capturing Iwo at Okinawa, and when Truman got the uh, the Butcher Bill, ninety thousand, twenty thousand dead, seventy thousand wounded, made him decide to nuke Hiroshima, and uh, Nagasaki, creating...
2: That's historically very accurate. Yeah. Uh, And and the same tactics, by the way, which is that the Japanese dug themselves into the mountain and uh, Americans had to go foxhole by foxhole and drive them out with with flamethrowers with a huge cost in American lives. How many of the sons and daughters, I don't know, but probably a lot. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra.
5: Good afternoon, Doug and Dick. You know, I, I, I wonder about these people protesting on 42nd Street. The Palestinians are turning on their own people by not letting them go out. They're not letting them free to safety. Egypt doesn't want them. I don't know why. So I don't understand. It's blatantly well, so, obvious s- that Israel-
2: Yes, Israel no, thank was- you. But start with the fact that the reason they're in Palestine in the first place is that Jordan wouldn't take them. In 1947, when Israel was allowed to become a free country by the U.N. mandate, a huge war ensued of all the Arab states against Israel. And the Israelis began by expelling Palestinians from Israel and uh, even people who'd lived there for a long time. And they, kept, they allowed about a million to stay uh, and who had no record of being uh, anti-Zionist but the point is that they fled to Jordan, and Jordan was the headquarters of all of the Palestinians. Then King Hussein of Jordan said, I don't want these guys here. They're going to mount a coup against me. They're going to overthrow me. Get them the hell out of here. And they were then herded into Gaza. And the way they got to Gaza in the first place was because the other countries wouldn't take them. And I think we have to realize that the PL, that the Palestinian Authority does not care about Gaza or about the people who are in it. They are bargaining shit for the main thing they want, which is Israel's destruction. And they give you, they give Hamas an opportunity to go for Israel's throat. Go to Al and Yonkers. Hi, Al.
4: Hi, Dick and Doug. Good afternoon. You know, I just want to say what you pointed out is so true. You know, I recollect when Donald Trump was the president. Uh, Iran and the mullahs, uh, the ayatollah's son who's still in charge, Uh, the country was uh, on life support. Uh, The people, the young people, were taken to the street. The economy was in the toilet, Uh, there was food shortages, and they were doing horrible the country, which, uh, you know, we were hoping maybe for possibly regime regime change. And then Joe Biden comes in and he throws them a lifeline, and he's not enforcing the sanctions. And uh, they're back in the game, which is unfortunate.
2: What you're referring to is a separate stream of revenue from what I was talking about, but it's equally legitimate. Not only did Biden allow them to sell oil, bi- Biden resumed the flow of direct aid to the Palestinians uh, in Gaza who are running Hamas. It's dressed up as humanitarian aid. But the U.S. gives Hamas and, and Iran almost two, bi- almost $2 billion a year to subsidize the Gaza Strip, and uh, the U.S. has never tried to stop it under Biden and couldn't stop it under Trump. Um, let's go to uh, Pamela in New Jersey. Hey, Pamela.
4: Yeah, um, I just want to give full credit. This was Trump. Trump was squeezing their economy, mm-hmm. and it was causing the Arab Spring, yep. and it, the women were starting to revolt, and, it, and uh history states that when the women revolt in the household, that's when change comes about. Absolutely, And it, <laughs> and it was just about happening. It was just about happening, and Biden erased everything.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Unbelievable. That is completely and totally historically ac- accurate. Horrible. So let's go from a terrible situation to an intractable one, and we'll talk about the uh, the speaker fight in the House when we come back.
1: This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC.
2: To the left me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Guess Welcome to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePierer. Hello, Doug. And we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. The fight going on in the House of Representatives drives me totally crazy. Here it's late 2023. We're closing in on the most important national election we've ever had. If Donald Trump is elected, almost everything we're talking about here is solved. If he's defeated, almost everything we're talking about here is redoubled and made more terrible. There's no problem we face that will not be at least ameliorated and probably solved by Trump presidency, just as it was in the previous years during mm-hmm. before the election. And the Democrats are losing. The Republicans are gaining. Uh, we'll talk about how much in the next segment. But one after another, the swing states are going for Trump, and Trump is making such enormous progress. He's not only blowing everybody else out in the primary, he's increasingly blowing Biden out in the election. And yet these damn morons in the House of Representatives are so hung up on the perfectionism of their speaker, they need not to have him disagree with them about anything, they need to be finicky about his record, and to do everything they can to hold up the House, stalemate it, acquire a reputation for not being able to govern at the price of of paralyzing the country, hmm. and it is just outrageous. Who am I for for Speaker? I'm for McCarthy. I'm for Scalise. I'm for Jordan. I'm for anybody else. in the hell else who wants to run because it's not that important who's Speaker. It's not that meaningful. What's important is that the Republican Party have a good image in the rest of the country, not be seen as obstructionists, and not feed the Democratic propaganda that the right wing of the Republican Party is so crazy that there's no way that it's going to be able to govern and we have got to stop feeding that rhetoric.
3: You talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you even worry my pet. You just talk,
2: talk too much. You and that's what they do in the house. Uh, so, that's right. why it's called Speaker. Yeah, that's why <laughs> the topic is Speaker, yeah. And... um It's and we just have, we just have these finicky perfectionist, picky crazies running the house. Yeah, and you can't lose any more than four votes or five votes, and still get a speaker elected. You have to get ninety-five percent consensus, ninety-seven percent to get your thing passed. And in the meantime, the country is hung up. Nothing can pass. Nothing can legislate. And nobody can do a damn thing. And, uh, that's going to persist. It's going to deepen. We're going to see increasingly important issues that we can't move on. They, example, aren't there
3: any leaders that are just going to say, oh, let's come on. Let's there go. There are,
2: but they can get 98%, 97% of the vote of the Republicans to follow them, but not a hundred. And they need a hundred. Now, a lot of people in desperation have turned to Donald Trump and say, no. why don't you become speaker? No no, 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 no. Don't throw him into that meat grinder. No. Don't take a presidential campaign that's running smoothly and flawlessly. it totally, or not smoothly, and, right? And, and progressing quickly to its goal. At the moment, it's the most successful presidential campaign in modern history. Don't derail it and force him into a fight for the speakership. And then, for God's sakes, don't elect him speaker, because then his fate will be hostage based on how... 214 out of the 217 Republicans vote. And there could be no no sure recipe for his destruction. Remember this, that not a single legislative leader, with the exception of James K. Polk in 1844, ever went from a legislative leadership position to a presidency. Never happened, ever. And plenty have tried. Uh, James Garner, the Speaker of the House, went to, like, f- three ballots in the Chicago Convention of 1932 to try to get the nomination, but FDR won it. Manics. And there's never been a legislative leader who's made it to the White House. And that's because they get chopped up and carved up and beaten up in the process and emerge unrecognizable. So, so no to so Donald the important Trump. the point is just end this fight. Don't keep dragging it out. Don't give the... Up, don't give the Democrats talking points. I need. I think you need to make a couple of calls. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think so. Uh, oh, Trent? Yeah, the problem is that there aren't any leaders because there aren't any followers. What about uh, our friend? There's five or six people who are just determined to raise hell. And, and then everybody else piles on because they have a grudge. Um,
3: That's okay. like the nasty sister that doesn't want the brothers to whatever. Yeah,
2: something like that. Yeah. And um, everyone knows. And what then I'm everybody about. comes up with with an excuse. Oh, he was a when he was coach of a wrestling team, he permitted sexual harassment. I don't to take believe place.
3: that one yeah. bit. Well, I'm sorry. They come up
2: with these excuses, these rationales. Uh, he he said he would get Republican votes to get elected Speaker, and that's a no no. Talking about Jordan? No, I'm talking about McCarthy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but or, or he's too sick to be the leader. Uh, Scalise. Uh, but stop looking for perfection. In fact, stop looking. Get somebody in the seat. I don't care who the hell the speaker is. It's not that important to position. Uh, the House is going to do what it's going to do largely without the Speaker's leadership. It's important. It's just that you legally can't vote. You can't have a House of Representatives without a Speaker. Mm. I don't think we understand that. You cannot have a House of Representatives Without a speaker, oh, it's not optional. I didn't know that. They can't call into session. You can't cast a vote. You can't pass a law. Let me give you an example. Because of the um, health care situation in this country, uh, after the COVID epidemic, pandemic, the government suspended eligibility criteria for Medicaid and let everybody in. And they let 90 million people sign up for Medicaid far more than should have, far more than were eligible. But we stopped enforcing it because we needed everyone to get care. At least we said we did, and that was a democratic excuse. Now the states are rolling back to the eligibility standards they legislated in the first place. And about twenty million people are losing their Medicaid benefits. And they're raising hell and they want the law changed and so on. You can't do anything about it until you can until the House exists. Mm. And you're going to have a whole series of things that people are going to want, but they can't have until the House exists. Take the cutoff of A2 crane, or cut off the insistence on, uh, effective border protection and security. You can't pass it. Even if you have every Republican in the House, you can't pass it, because the House can't come into session. Wow. Unless it has well, a Speaker. Not complete without the Speaker. And that's, that's what we're talking about here. So for God's sakes, give up the, give up the, Perfectionism, and settle for what's good enough. Yeah, and shut can up so they could speak up. where we can get along. With. Uh, let's go to uh, Kelly, the Kenny on Long Island, Mr. Morris. You are an intellectual genius. Thank you. The hard left
4: in this country is just running up the score on us, knocking down statues. Taking away free speech, you get fired if you choose the other one or two words. They're just having a ball right now. Yeah. And I think it's time we turn the tables on them. And by doing this, you, all you have to do is you want the left to go crazy, end the 65 Immigration Act, deport the illegals, stop immigration, illegal immigration, cold on the border with the military, and a war. Get get rid of the affirmative action. Get rid of it on a federal level. Pull it out by the roots. It's an executive level. Get rid of that big, juicy welfare program. Countries with visa violations get. Do, lose I agree with all reasons.
2: that, but we have Trying to have a president that. and we have to have a house that can come into right, and vote on it. Right. To do that.
3: Uh, let's go to. Um, wait, wait, I want to ask you something. Is any of that possible? Yeah, you know, you get the Trump's right elected, guys. And, yeah. and
2: you have to have Congress and Senate, right? Yeah, and we're on track for that, for God's sakes. If the election were held today, we would win the presidency by a lot. We would flip Senate seats in West Virginia, in um, uh, Arizona, in Nevada uh, maybe, Nevada, Michigan maybe, not Michigan, but uh, a a bunch of uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia no, and. No, probably not Not Georgia, yeah, but yeah. five or six states. We would emerge with the Senate majority of five or six votes. That's it. And we'd emerge with a House majority of 30 or 40. We could do whatever the hell we wanted. Wow. But get out of the way and let the election take place. Don't make those of us who are working in the Trump campaign have to figure how do we navigate the 217 votes in the House of Representatives uh, before we can actually get in there and Get on the playing field and begin to win some of these games.
1: This is The Dick
2: Morris Show on
1: 77 WABC.
2: Steve Forbes warns the big financial crisis is coming. The CEO of Wells Fargo warns the worst is yet to come for Americans. Meanwhile, the Fed raised rates again with the biggest single rate hike in four decades. And all of the positive jobs reports for 2023 were just revised downwards. Less jobs than originally reported. So much for Build Back Better. Call the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention W. ABC and you'll get best in class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the No Fee for Life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may be eligible for the No Fee for Life IRA on qualifying rollovers. Call 888-594-7855 for a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs' top rated gold IRA dealer six years in a row. Call 888 594 seven eight five five that's eight 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 five nine four seven eight five five Slater, Slater, Shulman, 488 Medicine Avenue, New York. New York is responsible for this ad.
6: Attention, former patients of Dr. Darius Paduk, New York City and Long Island urologist. Dr. Paduk was arrested and charged with sexually abusing his patients for many years. If you were a patient of Dr. Darius Paduk at any time and were subjected to any sexual misconduct, you may be entitled to substantial cash compensation. Call our law firm's Dr. Paduk Sexual Abuse Helpline now. Call 800-973-4811. Dr. Paduk treated both children and adults. He practiced at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell in New York City and Northwell health on long island between 2005 and 2023 if you were a patient of urologist dr darius padauk as a minor or an adult at any time and were subjected to any inappropriate sexual touching you may be entitled to substantial cash compensation call now to get the justice closure and the financial settlement you deserve call our law firm's dr padauk sexual abuse helpline now at 800-973-4811 but the deadline to file a claim is rapidly approaching call right now 800-973-4811 800 973 48
1: This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes. Hi, this is the Dick Morris Show. This is Dick Morris with Doug DePiro and we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. There is a underneath the surface, there is a huge Huge change going on in American politics that the media is not reporting on, and we're not crowing about because the news is too damn good. Uh, Biden is absolutely in freefall. Um, in Michigan, the swingest of the swing states, uh, we are defeating Biden in the last statewide poll by a Democratic-leaning group called MRG by 42 to 35 and in Pennsylvania, but the Emerson poll, which is normally pro-Democrat, has us carrying Pennsylvania, carrying Pennsylvania wow. by nine points, wow. forty-five to thirty-six. If we carry Michigan and Pennsylvania, go home. This is all <laughs> over, and we probably go on from there to carry Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin and a uh, bunch of other states, and, and obviously Georgia home. and uh, Arizona. It's an incredible finding. I mean, this is just unreal. The world is completely turning around, and it's a combination of Trump's success, the lack of uh, of, of, of difficulty, lack of mistakes, and Biden's failures. Biden's age, the fact that the world is obviously in flames. He's that incompetent. We need strong leadership, and he can't walk down a flight of stairs or up. Can't get up. A, can't get out a single sentence. And it's, the contrast has become so apparent that there is no way that Biden is going to be able to overcome this. And, uh, I think that we are on the verge of a gigantic, gigantic victory that will take the House and the Senate and obviously the White House. And the numbers that are coming in are just too good to be true. What happened nationally is that there was a post- poll by ABC Washington Post, which is George Stephanopoulos' personal poll. Step
3: a lot in this? How many of these?
2: Step in a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that poll, which was about three months ago, showed Biden losing by five points. And that was an incredible finding. Nobody else had anything like that. And Stephanopoulos said, oh, it's just an outlier poll. And it was his?
3: Uh, and he, his he poll. Yeah.
2: Then a month and a half later, he, there was another poll by Stephanopoulos. Uh, and ABC Washington Post that showed Biden nine points behind Trump. And now they really went crazy in denouncing their own polling, saying that it was methodologically flawed and blah, 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 Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. The sun was in my eyes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And And then I and a lot of other people waited for there to be new national data confirming or rejecting the premise from the ABC Washington Post Mm -hmm. poll. And bang, we were hit by a national survey by Emerson Group I was just talking about that showed Biden defeating Trump by one point nationally. So I said, "Oh God!" So I guess maybe there was a flaw in the ABC poll. But then I looked at the poll and went over it closely with my friend John McLaughlin, the great John McLaughlin. And it turns out that the sam- that when you looked at the cross tabs of the poll, Trump was carrying black vote black people. By I'm sorry, was losing black people with only 53% of the vote going to Biden. Um, Biden was defeating Trump. Uh, I'm sorry, in, 19, in 2020, among the non-white vote, Biden defeated Trump 73 to 27. In this poll, he was defeating Trump by only 53 to 47. So Trump had moved up decisively among non-white voters. He was carrying Latinos. He's very close to carrying blacks. Amazing. Among voters under the age of 35. In 2020, Biden won by 17 points. In these polls, Trump was ahead by three. So those couldn't be true, and the national sample show a one point lead for Biden. But when you investigate it, they had so skewed the national sample to Democrats, to college educated people, that, and, and so down, skewed it away from Religious people that they were obviously unreliable, so that really reinforced the notion that we are in the middle of a huge victory. And then the single state polls came in from Pennsylvania and Michigan, uh, and instead, was every other poll has always shown Biden winning those states or the race being tied. These polls showed Trump winning these winning these states by seven points for Michigan and nine points for uh, Pennsylvania so we're beginning to get the understanding and get the feeling of the magnitude of what's going on here it is really incredible we are carrying the swing states and we are turning those swing states into trump states
4: little
2: I can't take credit for that song. Dick picked that. I'm fired. Just the (laughs) (laughs) swinging. That's funny. Well, we're no longer swing states. Uh, We're doing very, very well. Uh, Go to Dominique on Long Island.
3: Hello, Dominique.
2: Hi, Dominique. Uh,
3: Do you mean Mimi? Yep.
2: It says Dominique. I'm sorry.
3: Um, You you said
4: uh, that the group of eight who... um, uh, Didn't want uh, our leader of the House, but they're voting for everyone that's coming up, especially for Jim Jordan. They voted for the, um, I forgot his name, the whip before. They're voting, but the moderates are not voting like whole. I have a whole list. I'm calling them all up. And they're about he's missing sixty votes. They're all from moderates. they're not from those uh radicals like M- M- Matt Gates is not a radical. he wanted single bills. He wanted the j six to be shown the all the film that they have he did yeah, but, he never did it
2: yeah, but he's the one he's leading the group that toppled McCarthy right and he's and he's standing there against anyone that comes up. Nobody can satisfy Matt Gates. Uh, he wasn't satisfied with McCarthy. Wasn't satisfied with Scalise. Wasn't satisfied with um, Jordan. With Jordan. Now they're talking about Hearn from, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Kentucky. Yeah, I don't know. That. Not sa- he's not satisfied with him either. Who put him in charge? Uh, get, bypass him. His vote. Don't forget, him. we have a margin of seven votes, and I actually, I think five votes. Uh-huh. One of those is under indictment, George Santos, so he's going to go. And one or two more deaths in retirements, and we lose the majority in the first place. But even before that, the House is paralyzed, unable to function. That is not worth besmirching the image of the Republican Party no. or tripping up this incredible momentum we've come to. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn.
5: When we return to the previous subject, I have just a quick comment from the Bible, 17.3, uh, 17, Genesis. I will give this land to you and uh, your seed, to your Canaan, you can uh, for everlasting possession. There's a big fight on who owns the land, and the Bible says that 90 times that the Lord gives it to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. That's how we
2: get to land. Well, I, I'm i very respectful of what the Lord did and very grateful that he did it. But the United Nations did the same thing. And in 1947, <laughs> I know the date because it's my birthday, November 28, 1947. Really? My mother told my father, we have a son and we have a nation. And uh, wow. the state of Israel was born when the United Nations voted to approve the mandate, the end of the UN mandate, and the creation of two separate states, uh, Israel and Jordan, and uh, that was actually the starting gun for the first Arab-Israeli war, went on for two years. Israel, that went into it with no air force at all, decisively won the war, and uh, Israel has been in charge there ever since. So that occupation of Israel. It's not just ordained by God, but was ordained by the United Nations itself. Um, let's go to Stephen in Pearl River.
4: Yeah, hi. You know, you you were talking about you know how. I, well, how about this? Never mind. I want to tell you what my friends in Israel, the people with skin in the game. Okay.
2: What yeah, happened? Yeah, go ahead.
4: they feel, they feel that. Hello. Yeah, yeah, we got to get wait, Sorry, guys. They feel that not only is Netanyahu just completely complicit in this whole thing, but they, they are unhappy and they feel that Donald Trump. This was all. The fuse was lit when they moved that embassy. Finish
2: from, your sentence. You know, That's what you're well,
4: my friends wait. Let me finish. That's what my friends in Tel Aviv say. And by that unilateral recognition of the Golan. And that was, they don't, they feel that that wasn't helpful at all, all right? And they're, they're very upset about that.
2: Wait a second, they're and, upset that and, Israel occupied and retains the Golan Heights. What should they have done, stay in the valley and be shelled every hour?
4: I'm not saying what they should do. I'm talking about the United the unilateral recognition of Israel's annexation, and they emboldened They emboldened Netanyahu in his policy of annexation.
2: Come on. Emboldened Netanyahu and, 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 and disenfranchised the Palestinian Authority. Look, the Golan Heights were conquered by Israel. They were conquered by Israel in 1947. They were conquered by Israel in 1956. They were conquered by Israel in 1967. They were conquered by Israel in 1973. And each Sounds time, like they lost them a
3: couple of and times. And each time,
2: Israel had to give it back. Right. And each time, the Arabs put their siege guns on top of the Golan Heights and made northern Israel uninhabitable mm. by shelling the communities at will. Finally, under the 73 D- uh, Camp David Accords, Israel got control of the Golan Heights back. In return for that, by the way, gave up control of Gaza, wouldn't, wouldn't be having this problem if they didn't. And to say that they're not entitled to it and that somehow that was... Inciting uh, the Palestinian rejection is just completely backwards. It puts the it puts it completely backwards. What a historian you are! Let's go to Donald in New York.
5: I don't. Oh, com- uh, I, I just like to make a comment, and hopefully you, you agree with this, because probably very few people have more of a uh, read on this policy than anyone but i i think it's important to underscore that anytime anyone mentions uh any of biden's policies especially on the middle east et cetera, that they're really just not so much biden's policies but they're a continuation of obama's course absolutely And, and, and and i say this and i say this in the light of that uh, it's important to just put this out there and put a yeah. face on it because yeah, right. there's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of chatter that his wife may be yeah. a, a, a contender, and um, and a little bit of angst about that. Because they for uh, popularity, etc. Right, and so 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 it's it's all about branding, as you know, yeah. and no one knows this probably better than you. And so so he's he's that brand, and she's that brand, and people have to know who they are and what they are, and what they're about. Right, and 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 it's not, and it's not Biden the the, yeah. the force of evil. I
2: agree with you, Donald. The uh uh Biden Biden's truly serving in Obama's third term. Absolutely. And when Michelle to be elected president. That would be Obama's fourth term, and God grant that we escape that. Threat. And I believe he'll
3: say, I'll be the first uh, husband, wink and a nod, because you, know, you know he's going to be behind that desk if she became president.
2: Now, underlying and underscoring the enormous trends we were just talking about, about the Republicans carrying everything by decent margins for the first time, lies a fundamental reality. Which is Democrats are losing the black vote. By losing it, I don't mean losing. I mean not winning it by 80 and 75 and 90% of the vote. And, uh, that fundamental reality I think is, is very important and it clouds a lot of the other stuff that's happening.